Thank you. Welcome to Schmears the Deal. I'm Nick Feynman here with Jake Seawalk and a special guest, Joe Craig, with his first New York City bagel. We'll get to that in Joe. one. We'll get to that in one second. On this week's episode, we are at the Bagel Hole. We are we have an amazing whoa, setup. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You always say, Jake, where are we? And then I say, we're at the Bagel Hole. Jake, where are we? You've flown it. We're at the Bagel Hole, <laughs> highly esteemed Bagel <laughs> Hole. It's great. It's really good. Uh, we'll get we're in Park Slope. We'll get uh, more to more to that in a second. We're right by the cash cash register, which is pretty cool. Um, on this week's episode, we will be reviewing the bagels. We're going to talk to J- we're going to talk to Joe, who had his first his first New York bagel. I'm ever. shifting around. Um, we're going to do our match and schmuck of the week. Then we'll talk about the Netflix show Stranger Things, which will be great. I'm excited oh, about it. Go. It's pretty good. We just got Jake good, situated. Good that's move. great. Good move. Good uh, move. Then we're going to talk about the Olympics. Then we'll get out of here. I think that's pretty much it. But first, very importantly, Joe Craig visiting let's, San Francisco. Let's go to Joe. First New York bagel thoughts. It's delicious. Uh, first off, first time ever having locks. Uh, yes, with the bagel. Classic yes. Christian boy. <laughs> I- imported him all the way from San Francisco. Uh, I really enjoy how it's crispy on the outside. I, I haven't had any bagels that are, are like that, so very good. They do good. have a very crispy exterior. So the bagel here, it's it's I guess a little more compact than some of the bagels we've had in New York City. Some of them are bigger and doughier. This is a really good ratio. This is one of my favorite bagels we've honest, ever had. I gotta be honest, dude. This is so good. So we have we got our classic uh, scallion cream cheese with locks on the everything bagel. Joe, Joe, that's what Joe got as well for his first bagel. I'd well. say since our first episode we recorded, this is our best bagel. Really? Beats Barney Greengrass? I'd say since Barney Greengrass. Oh, okay. This is our best bagel. Okay. It's pretty good. Um, Joe, you definitely came to a good place. We also got a bacon, egg, and cheese, which we'll break into in the second segment. So stay tuned for the, that review. So we're at the we're at the bagel hole um, in Park Slope, right next to Prospect Park. Right next to Prospect Park. I want uh, a big thanks to Phil. Big thanks to Phil. I also want to give a shout out to Cassandra, who gave me a ride here. Is now eating a bagel in the corner. She's pretty happy. <laughs> she has been a delegated big to the, sent to the corner big, though. Well, we don't have a lot of room. We we're have so no we're, room. We're, it's incredibly nice of them to let us record here, basically today. So it, you walk in, it sort of has the classic deli coffees and orange juice and milk and everything else on the side in the in the normal like refrigerated containers fridge, yeah. you have the martinelli's action going classic i fucking you, love martinelli's yeah, sorry too. grandma sorry nanny papa for the really, it's really good um you come up really classic look you have the bagels and the baskets in the back cash only establishment like all all good bagel stores basically I would say. i'd say that if a bagel place takes card it's a notch. Down. You should you should be. It's I don't know if it's a notch against them, but you should be suspect. You should be wary. Yes, that they don't have the years and the the seasoning under their belts, if you will. Yeah, that is necessary. I agree with that, Ex- with the exception of Kosars, because they just are they reopened recently, so but they got, but they modernized, kept, but they kept the same sort right. of strategy going, I guess. Right. So, uh, Jake, I want to take a little bit of a left turn. You saw Hamilton Ooh. on Friday. I did on Saturday, but yes, Saturday I did with, see the, with the new cast. So. Uh, Unfortunately, How mo- were they? mostly not. It was mostly the understudies of the new cast. Wow. Um, I think there was. What's a, it like to get? I heard boned? there was like a stomach bug. That well, all right. Whoa. First off, don't knock my Hamilton experience. It was still dope. Second off, I still gotta have. I mean, you had the, the, you had like the D squad. We're getting we're getting notes. We can move over a little bit. Oh, we got to move over. They're moving oh, the cash register. They're moving out. the cash register. We're doing this live. We're doing this. So the cash register, the way they get out is they right where the we cash are. Register. Oh, yeah, move the wires, Nicholas. Uh, so they're on the wires. Hold on one second. Um, so ha- I'm just going to keep going. Yo, Jake, move my bag. 
Yeah, um, keep going. What do you think? So, Ham. Okay, so we, we just had a little bit of power hour. We had a power. Edge. Actually, I had a double-edged sword because so uh, we're right in front of the cash register where they they have to move out to get out the workers, and they moved out, unplugged it by accident, and and my, I spilled Jake's coffee. My out coffee myself. was on top of it, and I think you burned yourself. I'm fine. It's just a you know. I'm fine. Anyway, Hamilton. Hamilton. All right, so Hamilton was still dope. I still got the number one Lin, not number one Lin Manuel Miranda, number one Hamilton guy. Uh, oh, the guy good. that replaced Lin Manuel Miranda, who's supposed to be better. better. He was yeah. awesome, and I got, um, I think, number one George Washington or number one Aaron Burr. I can't remember which one, but it was dope. It was That's still great. an unbelievably cool show. And you went with your family, right? It's a good I went family. With the whole show. fam. Do you learn a lot about American history? I actually learned an, ast- an astonishing yeah, amount about American history. <laughs> Joe, have, Joe, have you listened to any Hamilton? On the West Coast, I have not. Yeah, it's a very I, New York it's thing. It's a great soundtrack. I would highly recommend it to everyone that likes hip hop. I mean, it's it's the most, probably the most overrated. I, I love the show, but it's just so hyped at this point. Very hyped. I thought it was crazy. good. So we also had, um, we were sitting about as far from the stage as you could possibly sit, and still we happened to be sitting directly in front of none other than Tay Diggs. Really? Literally in the seat behind my mom, who was right next to me. Love Tay Diggs. I don't know that I've ever seen Tay Diggs in a single thing. How uh, how is he doing? He's doing very well. He did walk down onto the stage to talk with the cast afterwards, which is a pretty baller move. So you didn't do that? I did not do that. <laughs> you know what I did? In 10th grade, when I came here, I did that with the, with the show Rent. My in my You just walked on the stage? So hear me out. So my, there was a girl in, in my uh, confirmation class at my synagogue named Allie Larson. Whose uncle wrote Rent. Sounds Jewish, by the way. Well, her uncle wrote Rent. Yeah, Jonathan Larson. Yeah, and so we just got to go on the stage afterwards and meet the entire cast. It was pretty cool. That's crazy. Yeah, I, th- I had no idea what Broadway was. You know, the time he wrote there. he wrote Rent about a block away from Tompkins Square Bagels. Really? Yep, on the other side of that. That I did not know, but I did know that his niece was in my confirmation class at Central Reform Congregation in St. Louis, Missouri. Right by Washu, right by the right across in the chase. Sounds uh, sounds, sounds extremely white Jewish white bread. Sounds very hala. It's actually really not. Really? Yeah, very liberal, like very. A lot very, of Hispanic Jews there. Um, like decent, um, like not really, but like. <laughs> so no. But like a very diverse group of Jews, like interesting racially and culturally. But you know what? I know they would like the bagel hole. I do general. know they would all like the bagel. This place hole. is great. This is great. Joe has no frame of reference, but he's very happy. He just has a smile. <laughs> he's just, just a he's, smile plastered it's like on his a, face. It's a little early for Joe. It's like, a lot early. He's like, well, on the West Coast. When did, you, when did you get here? Uh, I got here last night. Oh, so it's like oh, oh, two nights that's ago. That's not true. He just has ago. no sense of it's time very, space anymore. Have you have you like adapted at all to the time yet? Uh, I think so. Or we had like a very late first night, which kind of put me in good position. Here's what I learned about Joe. Since so, Joe and I were roommates at college. He uh, plays significantly more Pokemon Go now. Than he did, did back College? then. Yeah, I think it's because it exists now. I know, but it's uh, Joe. We're actually be switching places. I'm coming to San Francisco next weekend. Joe, what is the? Uh, would you say the highlight of your trip has been catching tons of different Pokemon all around New York City? It's definitely up there. <laughs> uh, the Comedy Cellar was also very good. Yeah, we went to the Comedy Cellar. We saw it's Mi- a close one too between the Comedy Cellar and catching Pokemon. We <laughs> saw uh, Michael Che. Oh, that's uh, a good one. That's a good and one. Uh, Colin Quinn, uh, who was very drunk. Oh. Wasn't he former weekend update? Former weekend. When it was 
No, uh, well, he's never the former Daily Show. Oh, Daily Show. When Why it wasn't funny. Quinn he has the esteemed honor of being the Daily Show host when it wasn't good. Right. Well, now it's not good again, so. Could have been Trevor Noah for all we care. Could have been Trevor Noah. I, li- I went, and I, st- and I thought it was funny. I'm sure. I mean, live comedy is great. Right. Always. Okay. Almost always, yeah. Always. I mean, Michael Che, we'll play it in this coming break. I'd be careful of that. Of Mike- that se- expression, though, that live comedy is always good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. I know for one that we got our we we met doing improv together. It was and not it was good. definitely not funny. Oh, I mean, we had a good time, but that doesn't. Oh, we had a good, good time. That doesn't make it funny, though. It was not good, boy. Uh, I talked about our class this week. Really? So Who'd Jake you talk and I, about with? I mean, we're not going to name specific names, but there was just one kid. He knows who he is. Who probably listens to the show? Let's be honest. And probably no. He may not, he may not know who he is. Let's though, just call thing. him Tuna Fish Lamont. Tuna Fish Lamont, which may or may not a, be his actual nickname. That's literally that's his actual nickname. Oh, uh, but he's I don't want to say the worst improv person ever, but I developed a Have theory you? at one point that he was an undercover comedian just trying to mess with us and doing like everything Nathan for wrong, you. Everything wrong. Yes, like Nathan. So have you ever seen the episode of The Office where Michael goes has improv class and all he does is pulls a fake gun out on people? <laughs> That's actually what this and is like. all they all they can ever do is put their hands up in the air and then there's one scene after right. his teacher tells him he can't have a gun where he whispers in the other person's ear. Right. And they slowly put their hands up and the teacher says, what did he whisper to you? And he goes... <laughs> He has a gun in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's one of my favorite episodes. Well, Tuna, Tuna, Tuna Lamont only had, he only had two moves. Which, no, one move, really. He would just yell. Or, no, he did have a second move, which was doing a Seinfeld impression. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> uh, true. Yeah, those are the two moves. <laughs> those are the two moves. Like I, like I said, I thought he was a comedian. <laughs> All right, on that, uh, we're going to go to break. We're going to play a clip for you from Michael Che. Uh, basically, he has the origins of of the term screw the pooch so, okay. I like, so I'm enjoy. We'll, here. we'll be right back with uh, Mention Schmuck of the Week and our review yeah uh, and I guess the bacon egg and cheese bagel yeah this is Shmir's the deal first time I heard it was at work these interns was bringing us coffee and they brought me the wrong coffee and I was like hey man I didn't order this coffee and he goes I'm sorry about that Che I really screwed the pooch on that one <laughs> and and I said what was that <laughs> And he goes, screwed the pooch, it means I made a mistake. And I was like, no, man, it means you f- the dog. <laughs> and you should probably stop saying that sh- in a workplace environment. Turns out this is a very popular phrase that people say all the time, which leads me to believe that somebody f- the dog one time and just kept comparing it to every mistake anybody else has made until it finally stuck as something normal to say in conversation. Oh, you messed up the coffee? Now who fucks dogs? Still you, dude. You're still the only guy that's done that shit. Welcome back to Schmears the Deal. I got my mouth full. I'm Jake Seabuck. He's Nick Feynman. We're eating the bacon, egg, and cheese bagel. On an egg bagel. Mm-hmm. Boy, it's good. It's the good. bacon's really good. It's not too crispy. It actually works, mm-hmm. which is something I don't normally like. Also, the compact bagel works well. It's not as like big and bready. Of well, a- where we are, we're standing. And so I literally, if this was a bigger bagel, I don't think I would be able to pull it off. Right. Um, Welcome back to Schmear's Deal. You want to get in uh, Mention Schmuck of the Week? Yeah, here it is. Mention Schmuck of the Week. Mitch. Mitch. I think a Mitch is like a superhero. Those were the days when I was just a poor schmuck. They're looking at him like, what a schmuck. Hey, thank you, Donald. By the way, congratulations, Donald congratulations Trump. Congratulations, um, he's probably the first, the first presidential candidate ever, like a legitimate was just nominated that had just screamed the word schmuck 
in a press conference, yeah. which is perfect for our, our circumstances. Perfect for us. Um, also, thank you to Larry David. Yeah. Always, always appreciate him. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I have... I didn't, am I doing mensch first? I was going to say, who's your mensch of the week oh. was my question. Sorry, I just jumped the gun. <laughs> I just jumped the gun. Um, my mensch of the week is none other than Jon Stewart. Mm. He came back. He gave uh, our schmuck-loving Trump. It's not a good phrase. That was a bad phrase. Let me let me redo that. The man who loves to say schmuck. Uh, he gave him uh, a little bit of uh, a roasting on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. It was pretty yeah, good. Did. It was pretty, by the way, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert was great. Last week. It's good this week. They did it live. They're doing it live again from Philadelphia. I'm pretty excited, actually. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Welcome back to John Stewart. I hope he doesn't do it too much, though, because then it's just going to. No, I think he's taking a break and then he's going to come back to HBO in like October. Yeah. But he's doing short clips for HBO. Right. As HBO just continues to consolidate millennial power. Like every person millennial is like. Oh, wow. I'm looking at. Um, Right over my shoulder, there is a, a really interesting article about about the bagel hole. List all the places li- Murray's bagels on here. We'll talk about it later. We'll um, talk about there's some good places to go, some good suggestions. But it's a pretty great old old article out here. So who's schmuck your, of the week? Who's your schmuck? I don't have. It's not really a who. It's more of a what. My schmuck of the week is the is the summer heat. <laughs> I I always in the boy I love that in the spring and in the As winter in the winter and spring I'm always like yeah I'm so excited for summer it's gonna be so nice when it's warm and I forget that it gets like truly truly hot like it is it's too hot it's blistering it's blisteringly hot yeah. outside I, like it's uncomfortable for me it's to be outside it's like you walk outside and there there's like awkward back sweat going on almost immediately yes not almost <laughs> I mean just immediately <laughs> it's terrible I like and there's this woman in my office. Did she call you out or she touch no, your so, back a lot? So here's what happens. Oh. Is there, oh. There's basically there's one wide, it's not really a hallway, one kind of like wide alleyway down the middle of my mm-hmm. office and then offices on either side with glass doors and there are three pipes that run down for a, that blast AC out oh, it sounds and great. the one in the middle is always on and the one on the right side, it goes a woman's office, then my office and then the conference room and those are all in one line and that c- what controls that AC line is in her office. And she just always turns it off. Not up, but off. It's like 100 degrees outside, and it gets so hot in our office, and it like becomes a game where every time she steps out of her office for a second, one of us from our office just races into hers and turns the AC on and then comes out. And then as soon as she comes back, she turns it off again. Do you guys not say anything? I mean, I do. When it gets like too hot and she's in there, I'd be like, yo, can I, I got to turn the AC on now. <laughs> and then... She's like, okay, cool. And then I go back Does to my office. Like and then by the time I get to my office, it's off again. Does she have, like, thermal issues? I don't know. She doesn't wear a lot of clothes. So, so you have a nudist at your office that hates AC. We have a nudist that hates, that just loves to sweat. So, see, I work I work in a TV studio, so it's freezing at all times. I would prefer that. and I would just wear a, bring a sweatshirt to work every day. It's horrible. But it's good for big, sweaty Jewish guys like Yo, you. Yo, why can't we get an office that's normal? 72. But, like, 72 for me and you isn't, like, like my girlfriend would hate that. What's your office like? Uh, law student right now, so. What's, your, what's the rooms like? No, but <laughs> you have an internship over the summer. You're in an office. You I did, yeah. Office. It was, right. uh. Well, don't give me that snark. Well, okay. You could have given it. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I mean, in his defense, it was a very lawyerly comment. It was correct. It was a correct comment. <laughs> it was well thought out. He's technically no technically. longer an inter- he, It ended on Friday. All right. Which is why he's here. So, all correct, then. 
Right, all correct. But okay, AC situation in your former job. Sorry, seventies. Yeah, so just similar to outside in California all the thing. time. Wow, he tossed the California weather tossed just California directly weather. on the ground. Right. Don't actually drop the mic, but we just got we just got shit on. All right, uh, you want to talk about Stranger Things? Stranger Things, baby! What a good Netflix new show. show. Really good. Really good. Uh, we Basically, both recommend it. Highly, highly recommend it. It's a thriller. You have to like thriller type shows. It is so good. It's good. Oh. So Joe and I actually watched. We watched one episode. Jakey's watched two. We're not going to go into the plot as much as just sort of what, no, what makes it. Yeah, what makes it good. So first of all, I, I was saying I really like how it's shot. It's based in the eighties. It's, it's basically just like it's all cool. of the old Amblin movies that Spielberg did. It's beautiful. It's really I well love done. it. The, the, props are those old BMX bikes with the yeah. headlamps. Or I actually want one of those. Awesome. They're really cool. Those are awesome. And Winona Ryder's super good in it. Um, she it's is just a. It's good. It's just a creepy, good, set in rural Indiana. It's about a boy that just inexplicably goes missing. I like the sheriff a lot. I think he's a very good actor. Uh, Michael Mo- is Matthew Modine? Yeah. I, yeah. What else has he been in? I was asking. Do you know off the top of your head? <sighs> Not off the top of my head. He's one of those people where he, he just looks kind of like recognizes a lot of people, his face. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, it's um, that guy. They got to move Oh, we got to move again. Hold on. Before they go. Round two. Let's protect the... Can uh, we do it? Ex- go. All right. Yes. Let's see round two. We're off to a good start. Oh, he Uh-oh. might be on the, no, the cord, No, we're stuck though. on the cord. Let's see how this goes. Oh, there we, we got go. the second round of push. There oh, we go. it's nice. a breakthrough. Nice. Well done. The elusive moving cash register. <laughs> All right, we're good. We're good. I'm, I'm boxed in. I can't. If there's a fire. Nick is going nowhere There's right a fire, now. I'm done. Not that I'm fast um, enough to outrun a fire, but. I think that if you like, so it, it's, it's set about this group of kids Right. And then there's also one of the kids has an older sister, so it takes place. It's basically like what? What do you think they are like? They're they're middle school, right? So they're well, eighth grade. They're supposed to be, I think, eighth graders. I'd say it's like, a, but it's like an '80s, like family family sitcom, like pretty f- full sitcom. family. Wait, just let me finish. That things have just gone wrong. <laughs> kind <laughs> like of like very wrong. Um, it's got blends of sci-fi for sh- or heavy blends of sci-fi. I shouldn't say. I would just say it's sci-fi. sci-fi. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's really. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's like a hundred percent blended with with sci-fi. It's really a unique show, and it's it's something that I don't think. We're has moving been back now. Go. Yeah. I don't think I it's have the cord, so I don't think you. Well, it's. Uh, we're going to live broadcast the great cash cash register move twenty sixteen. It's it's working. Here we go. The pullback. We're caught. I th- we're, we're caught. caught oh, oh, got there it. There we go. Can't wait. This is every segment thing. It's my. Um, Oh yeah. Basically, thank you to the big hole, the lead is. Yeah, to literally I feel just like we're really in the corner. In way. Uh, the show's great, though. It's good. Show's I recommend great. it. It's binge watchable, which is great. I really want to go back. I might watch the second episode when we get back. Would highly recommend doing that. It was super good. It's good. Um, well, I'm excited to see. The thing is with thriller shows, I don't know. I feel like I might hit a point, especially with sci-fi, where I'm like, okay, I'm kind of done with this. I've seen people that Netflix, have I know people that have seen all all the episodes and say it's very very good all okay. the way to the end. So But I'm not a thriller guy. I like I don't there's certain TV I like like more serious like more Game realistic. Thrones. More realistic like Game of Thrones. Dude, That's Game what of I'm Thrones into. is a thriller. No sci-fi though. Fantasy even more out there. It's a fantasy thriller. Yeah, but like the thing I don't like about sci-fi and this is like a whole other <laughs> This is a whole other tangent. We don't have to go all the way down, but the thing I don't like about it is I don't like that it's like the augmented, like it's too 
too much like it tries to be real yeah it's too much like i'm walking down the street like not in new york but like if i was in dc i'd be like this is a situation where the thing that just happened could have happened to me and uh in game of thrones i'm not too worried that a dragon's gonna come out and shish kebab me but maybe you should be <laughs> maybe you should change your expectations it's okay it's a really good point <laughs> uh um, joe anything to add what do you think <laughs> Uh, definitely looks good so far. Uh, I think Promising. I'll probably continue. Promising. Yeah, definitely. Would you say it's like a ninety-eight percent blend of sci-fi, or I, I, I would say full sci-fi, full sci-fi, <laughs> hundo P sci-fi, hundo P sci-fi. I'd say it's eighty percent sci-fi, twenty percent coming of age. <laughs> I will say it's shot oh, really no. well. I'm surprised Jake hasn't mentioned that. Can you plug yet. me back in? Jake is Jake is unplugged. I can still talk. I think I just can't hear so good. All right. Well, you know what? We'll just go to break. I think that's and a good then, call. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about the <laughs> Olympics, everything that's going on in Rio. We have a new over-under. Will it go better than this show is going right now? <laughs> we, we will see. We'll be right back. This is Spears the Deal. If you go to the grocery store and you stand in front of the lunch meat section for too long, you start to get pissed off at turkeys. You see, like, turkey ham, turkey pastrami, turkey bologna. Someone needs to tell the turkeys, man, just be yourself. <laughs> I already like you, little brother. You do not need to emulate the other animals. You got your own thing going. Welcome back to Schmear's Welcome Deal. Welcome back. We're at a bagel hole. Uh, Jake Seawalk, Joe Craig, chiming in every once in a while, still contemplating his also, first bagel. You are still Nick Feynman. I am still Nick Feynman. So, so Nick... Over under number of power outages at the Olympics versus this... Oh, episode. I think there'll be at least one at the Olympics at some point. So that's even. So I so think it's an even, even game. But I do, I think you p- did pose a very good question, which is, will the 2016 Summer Olympics go better than this episode of Schmear's the Deal? I think it's a toss-up. I, I would say no. No one has gotten horribly infected and has deformed babies because of this episode. That we know of. That we that know, we of. know, of. That we know I, of. I don't want to make Jury's any out. promises yet. Jury's out. Uh, well, okay. Well, first of all, most people don't realize that a week from Friday is the start of the Olympics. I didn't. Most people like oh, I would, Nick was Nick was like, "You want to do an Olympics covers?" I was like, "I'd rather wait until it's a little closer to the date." <laughs> oh, so we'll do it during. We'll Perfect. do it during the Olympics. Um, yeah, so it's a sort of it's sort of sneaking up on people, and in part because I feel like it's not that highly publicized because people are just terrified how it's going to go. It's not going to go well. So the premise of this topic is first, is how the Olympics is problematic. First in Rio specifically, but then in general, right. when it comes to you know cities and countries that basically can't throws into debt among other things so as far as the real mix goes you have zika you have horrible debt issues you have like not clean water people are going to be participating the difference between not i just think i think you got a little egg on your stomach yeah from me spitting it out of my mouth occupational hazard i've had coffee spilled on me um it's not about not clean water it's about water with like garbage actually floating on the surface to okay the point what's where your definition of not clean water because well, that like, seems highly unclean to me well i mean like <laughs> i feel like it's like it's like you can't be a little bit pregnant you well, can't be a little bit i'm saying dirty. it's like it's like vi- i'm saying just like not clean doesn't do justice how oh, dirty oh. it is oh it's like it's like oh, okay it's like trash ridden right like really gross yeah 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 okay well yeah that's problematic also, i'm not disagreeing with you i'm just agreeing with you even further also joe and i were talking on the way <laughs> Joe and I were talking on the way over here. Apparently, like, the Olympic Village, no one can live in. It's, like, completely uninhabitable. All the golfers have dropped out. Okay, well, that's a whole other thing. They dropped out because of the Zika. Well, and because of drug testing, but that's a a whole other theory. 
Interesting. Yeah, so it's basically that in golf they don't really drug test. and They actually do, uh, not these days. Uh, yeah, but they don't, it's like not nearly as, they, they don't drug test for HGH, basically. And there's a lot of thought that the top people are all, all on HGH. HGH. And so Zika Surprise gave them me. a reason to get out of it. I don't think John Daly is. I'm sure he's playing. Like John well, Daly's just on just he's on definitely beer. not playing. John he's Daly. definitely not in the top three of American golfers. I mean, a lot of them <laughs> dropped out. You don't know. Like, unless like 1,200 people drop out, he's not playing. Do you love John Daly? I love John Daly. I did back in the day. I fell in love with John Daly when I once turned on the TV and he was being paid to try to hit a ball over Niagara Falls. <laughs> That's that, pretty funny. That is the golfer I want. I want in life. Okay, so that's our, that's obviously problematic. We'll see how it goes. Maybe they'll pull their act together, but uh, there there've been they have riots about, already. They have about twelve days to do it. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna go. Uh, I, I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna say they're gonna be worse than this podcast. Um. Now are you talking. So the so let's follow up question. If we if we bring it if we scale it. Uh, okay. So like this is a pretty small scale operation we've got going yeah. on. We scaled up the size of our operation to be the size of the Olympics. Yeah. Then, would the Olympics go worse or better than this episode, which means the deal? I can go to the sink here and drink water. I don't. I don't. TBD. <laughs> you're drinking coffee that I'm was made, and you're still here. That's true. Yeah, you're right about that. There are no delicious bagels. Well, there might be some delicious bagels, but not readily available delicious Brazilian bagels. Brazilian bagels. Yeah. No hair. Okay, so... Let's talk about the Olympics as a whole first, and yeah. then we can get to the specificity of it. I think that... Because this is part of a larger problematic trend. I think you're going to start seeing a trend in both the Olympics and in something like the World Cup. Where people don't want to do it? Where either people don't want to do it, or it's just going to start going to places that already have like hugely established arenas and don't need to build anything. Like well, They're saying that the next Olympics that's going to be awarded will probably get awarded to L.A. because well, it already has 100% of the infrastructure that's needed. Eight million stadiums. Right. And so, and I, yeah. and, and I think that that's what you're start, going to start seeing in the Olympics. You're going to start seeing a more hodgepodge kind of setup where they just go to cities and then just play in all the stadiums kind of like around well, the area. Well, it, because it brings, it brings a lot of tourist activity, but only right. if you already have the infrastructure and you don't right. have to go into plummeting yeah, debt in order to achieve it. Hemorrhage your economy. Right. For the whole and thing. that's what you've seen in Rio, and that's what you've seen in the upcoming World Cups. I mean, I, well... I, there are other problems with the upcoming World Cups. There are we thousands of people later. dying right. in Qatar, but uh, no, I mean it's sort of a it's a catch twenty two for a lot of these places because they want to be put on the map, they want to show that they're first world countries and that they can handle but something like, like this, and I then they like just get crushed. Like Rio didn't really need to get like put on the map. Yeah, but they're trying you know? to. I mean they they they're trying to. They had a you know when they got this contract, they had a booming economy. They had like, right. the ability to, they thought, pull this off and really actually benefit from it, make a lot of money, and instead they've just gotten screwed. Well, so Joe was bringing up an interesting point in the car, which is his grease theory. Joe, if you want to toss it out there. Yeah, so I read about this online. Someone suggested that instead of having the Olympics in a different place every four years, they would just build a permanent stadium in Greece and just have them have it every year. As the original Olympic place and also because Greece sucks right now. Give them some Greece hope. does suck right now. Greece they is not could, They could use a little help. I actually think that's not a bad idea. I think that it does. You do lose a little bit of the kind of uniqueness of every four years being a different location. I think that yeah. that's like definitely a perk of the Olympics. I definitely don't think it's a bad idea. I think, I think that it'd be cool to have it in one place every year. 
Yeah, or every, like if you, every four it would, years. Like there are definitely there are definite pros to it. Also, it's like every four years in this one place, like the world's best athletes convene. Well, have you ever have you ever been to the Olympiad, like the original Olympic place in Greece? No, it's really cool. Just like the history and it's it's like a, even obviously it's tiny compared to any of the scale. But it's just cool. The idea that you could start the opening ceremonies there every right. every time. I do is think just that's really cool. cool. I think that the other, I think that that's one solution for sure. I think I that feel like China would hate that. <laughs> I don't know why. Why, why China? I don't know because they crush the. Oli- do you remember some of those Olympic ceremonies where they're just, just like nuts, thousands of people banging on drums at the same time? Yeah. Um, I do think that that's kind of the second alternative. The second alternative is to then just find places that already have like infrastructure. So the, the but proper that only, infrastructure. But then that only benefits. It. That only benefits like the cities that don't may, need it, right? Well, maybe if they had like almost like an NFL like revenue sharing type thing, where like they would give money to the other countries that participate that would never have the opportunity to do that. I don't know. Just I don't know. Like, There's got to be a better model though. I think we're all in agreement on that, right? Yeah, it's it's pretty fair. Yeah. What do you, now? What do you think of the problems facing the current Olympics? The I mean, I think they're in. I think they're. In t- I think they're going to be a lot of issues. I actually think they're going to be a number. Do you see the Olympics being like really actively affected by it? Uh, yeah. First of all, I mean, all the theories about the golfers aside, there are people that are dropping out because of right. Rio. Um, I think tourism is going to, people are afraid, afraid to it's go. It's affecting it negatively for tourism. Yeah. It, I mean, it, no. what, what, when, when something should be affecting it, pos- when this should be affecting it positively, I, I in fact think that it's affecting it. Ne- I think less people will go a- as a thi- result of the Olympics. The thing about the Olympics, which is amazing to me and has always been amazing to me. Um, especially as someone that works in TV, is that they're, they're very, most sports are pretty niche. Even though football has a huge following right. and, like, everyone watches the Super Bowl, it's really hard not to find someone who – or to find someone that doesn't have, like, a positive experience of the Olympics, watching the Olympics with right. their family or, you know, being inspired by their country or, what you know, like – Right, in some so, way or another. Right. So that's a really, really big deal. And the fact that it's not just going to be a positive force, especially with everything negative that's going on, in the I world agree. right now it's it sucks it sucks it honestly sucks like this is the time we need like michael phelps to remind us that orlando was a while you know what i mean to like right. put up i hope he wins a lot of gold medals you mean father time that's still somehow swimming i don't know man he's only like what 32 33 uh he's a lot of mileage on the body he does he's have been a doing this for a while body. it was his fourth or fifth olympics fourth he's not been in the olympics since he was 13 <laughs> <laughs> i answer my own question <laughs> Um, do you think he's like 98% blend sci-fi? I'd say he's 20% sci-fi, 80% swimmer. Have you ever actually seen his like breakdown, like his body measurements? They make no sense. They're like in, actually he's, in he's like 6'5", 142 with an 8-foot wingspan. His wingspan is so big. <laughs> with an 8-foot wingspan and size 17 feet. That's and, what he and looks tiny, like. And like a tiny like waist. So he's right. Like and like and webbed, webbed hands. Right. <laughs> And a propeller. He's essentially a, a merman. Yeah. He's basically a merman. Pretty much. He swims like a dolphin. He loves weed. He does. He does swim like a dolphin. Have you ever seen it? Like, just when he does the butterflies, swear to God, he's, I'd say, 20% dolphin, 80% man. No, 20% dolphin, 75% man, I feel like he 5% might, fish. I feel like he might be out of his mind. There's a very good chance he's out of his mind. I think most Olympians are out of their mind. You realize that they're like, by and large, competing for very low salaries. For their, this is their life. This is their the life. Thing. Like, be, imagine being like an an Olympian like javelinist, a javeliner, a javelin thrower. Javelin, javelinist that was combining violinist and <laughs> javelin, javelin. 
I think those are the people that I feel the worst for about all the Olympic problems. Right. Because you train four years, you know, for your whole life. To be a shot putter. To be a shot putter. No one cares, you know, 3.9 years <laughs> of the time at all about the shot put. I'd say they care, like, less than that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And so, you know, the one time when your whole life matters, now everyone's, like, boycotting it. Right. Or, like, you have to get Zika in order to shot put. Right. It's like a new step. You I never agree. Knew you it's like the... The rowers, the people like that, that, that I do feel the worst for. Or the swimmers that literally have to swim in. No, the pools would be fine. It's more like the, the crew people that have to literally row th- through physical garbage. Sludge. Right. They put their oar in it, like, I disintegrates. Wonder I wonder if they'll go faster since the there's more to, like, grab <laughs> a hold of as they're rowing. Like, no, but they're going to need, like, stronger. It's going to need to be, like, an icebreaker that can, like, go through hard objects. So maybe, like, a net zero? Yeah. Pretty net much. zero. It was actually a very interesting. They did a Mythbusters on that. They put them in like a slightly more solid liquid, if that makes any sense. Yep. Like a much thicker liquid and let them swim to see through. see if they could go faster because yeah. they had more you to swim, grab onto. You can swim faster. What was the answer? Yes, you swim faster. Wow. You just like, it's like, you just, there's more to push off of. You know what my favorite Mythbusters are? The ones that just blow things up? Well, there are two. One of them is like that. The first is they, they tested a bull in a china shop. They built oh, it. They yes. built a china shop in a bull ring. Yes, and the bull just doesn't knock over anything, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> which is actually amazing. It is amazing. The other one is when they try to shoot fish in a barrel. Oh, and they just shoot the fish, and it kills all the fish in the barrel because of the because sound waves. Wave. <laughs> well, at the uh, <laughs> no, but then they uh, no, but it's, it's, I did, I've seen that one. Well, it depends on the gun. I think the fir- it's actually is like a shotgun that killed all of yeah, them. Yeah, it's tough to do with like a pistol. Right. But then they just got a machine gun and just pulverized at the barrel. Right. I remember that, which was great. Oh, we got pulled back. We got a little more space. I don't. No, now I'm more comfortable. Yeah. I liked I was all cozy. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I love the bagel hole. I love this place. It's I'm been com- tumultuous. I'm coming back. It's it has been tumultuous. I feel we like lost we've grown, power at one point. I feel like we've grown as people. We've grown as people. We've grown as podcasters. We've grown as podcasters. Joe, Joe had a bagel. He caught three Pokemon. Joe went from zero to here. hero as a podcaster. Zero to hero. That's a good point. This was Joe, Joe's Olympics. This is Joe's Olympics. <laughs> this was, he trained years and for this. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. Everyone come to the bagel hole. Everyone come to the bagel hole. It's really nice. It's really bring good. Cash. Food's great. <laughs> Definitely bring cash. This has been an interesting one, Nick. Yeah, I've enjoyed it, though. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, so I think that's probably going to do us for, do it for us. Follow us on iTunes, Snapchat. Snapchat. We don't even have a Snapchat. We'll we should Snapchat. have a Snapchat. That's a good idea. I don't idea. know why I said that. SoundCloud, Yo, iTunes. The best ideas come... I don't know what I was I feel like... Naturally? Yeah. I, <laughs> whim, sure. Whimsically? Sure. Improv uh, skills coming back, man. <laughs> Shout out to Tuna Fish Lamont. What's up, dude? What a, I guarantee you he listened. You know, I went, you know I went to a pregame like six weeks ago, and he was just inexplicably there. I would have turned around and left immediately. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, he was just there. I was like, and he was like, see walk. And I was like, oh, that, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? I was not expecting to see you tonight. I actually, I take that back. I would have taken a, a picture with him. Like a selfie, and then I would have yeah, left. Then you would have left, I see. I think I would have turned Sent that okay. to Doug Gleiser. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Derek Olson. Yes. We got to get Doug on the show. I'd love to have Doug he on has the a show. New, uh, he has a new finance platform. MyFin, yeah. Yeah, MyFin. We, we, d- we talked about it. We'll get, him, uh, we'll get him on to talk about it. All right. I want to hear about it. All right. Uh, anyway, that'll do it for us. Follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, Snapchat maybe in a few days. Snapchat today. We'll make one today. All right. It'll be uh, at Schmears the Deal. I hope it's not. I hope it's not taken so not we don't taken. make any promises. Anyway, that'll that'll do it for us. Yep. Thank you to Joe for being here. What's up, Joe? And like we always say, we'll do better next time. Stay toasty out there.
This week's Schmears the Deal is brought to you by the Bagel Hole in Brooklyn and was produced by Nick Feynman and Jake Seawalk in association with Team Panther Productions. Special thanks this week to Michael Che and Mitch Hepberg. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes, and for more information, please visit SchmearsTheDeal.com. <laughs>